mailbag is full to bursting and it's time to uh, crank that release valve and let the mail flow. Exercise the mailbag demons. Yeah, yeah, it's even better. It's time to jump the <laughs> <laughs> No. We're gonna fucking s*** all over this mailbag. <laughs> Wait, did we actually start the mailbag episode? Did we start? I don't remember. We'll cut all that out. Welcome, dear listeners. It's that time again. When that pops up on your feed, you're like, oh, it's a new, it's a new trapo. And then, oh, it's a mailbag. Oh, it deflates like a balloon. Boom. All the enthusiasm. I thought they were going to talk about dancing this. Oh, we're going to talk about dancing in every episode. We're contractually obligated. Until Ladies, then. It's time for the show that talks about stuff on purpose. It's Trapo. Trapo. That's right. Trapo. I'm Dustin. Her- I'm Kai. And I'm Dustin. And I'm Kai. Spoiler alert, but we're uh, opening up Trapo's bulging Venus mail sack, mailbag. You got me saying it now. <laughs> mailbag. We're opening up Trapo's mailbag because we got comments for days. We're not complaining. You're leaving us comments on the Trapo blog. And if you want to leave comments, it's traposhow.blogspot.com. You're leaving comments. You're making cogent points. You're suggesting things to us that we should check out. And uh, I'll tell you honestly, the fact that nobody has yet really come down on us and called us like complete pieces of shit and that our show is garbage and clown shoes and we should just be a bird in hell or whatever. No one has said really bad things. People are being nice. They're being cool. We appreciate that. Indeed. We've had like zero shit posts and negative interaction and anger and negativity and shit. Allegedly, we have more comments. I've seen the proof. Proof is in the pudding, as they say. Dish that pudding out, some bitch. Our first comment tonight regarding Trapo's mailbag number seven. And it is from new poster, Slime Proverbs. (laughs) Beautiful. Now, Slime Proverbs says, I don't know much about Frank Zappa, except that while watching old SNL a few years ago, he popped up as the host back in the 1970s, and it was the most awkward stuff. Although, to be fair, a lot of that old SNL is pretty poorly paced with a lot of dead air. But this episode was definitely off. He was not good in any of the skits, and he kept mentioning to the camera that he was reading his lines off of cue cards. And I'm not sure if that was actually written on the cue cards because somebody thought it would be funny or if Frank Zappa just kept saying this because he thought it was funny. Either way, the episode was awful and I didn't really know who this guy was before that. So I googled him after and he's got so much music out there, it's overwhelming. I could have kept digging to find something to listen to, but with that much stuff out there, my brain just kind of said nope and I clicked away. If rolled tortillas thinks overnight sensation is a good place to start, I may give that a shot. For those of you who don't know, uh, previous mailbag, the post above this, rolled tortillas, mentions that overnight sensation is, is a good potential introduction to Frank Zappa for a new listener. So that's what he's referring to i have a music wreck for you on the widow's walk by the white buffalo he's a country americana artist who has a pretty big youtube presence on his official page where he does a lot of impromptu live performances and stuff like that making some solid music that still flies under the radar for most people cool show thank you for the comment slime proverbs i don't know if cool show is referring to us or to the white buffalo i'm gonna i'm just gonna go out and say i think he's talking to us i think he's talking to us i'll start with your comment about frank zappa he was on snl twice in the 70s once as a musical guest and the second time as the host the second time around 
he did not get along with the cast. One of the main reasons is that, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Frank Zappa didn't take drugs. He was straight edge before straight edge was a thing. At that time in the 1970s, the original SNL Saturday Night Live cast, there was cocaine everywhere. And that was not uh, something that they were really hiding. And so Zappa knew they were basically all on drugs. And that bugged him. He didn't like it. He felt that it was, uh, it cultivated an atmosphere that was unprofessional. Now, I know what you're thinking. Saturday Night Live, 1970s, unprofessional. Come on. Frank Zappa considered himself to be a consummate professional. That kind of behavior rubbed him the wrong way. For right or wrong, for good or ill, that's how he felt. And he seems like the kind of guy... If you rub him the wrong way, he will throw your production under the fucking bus because he feels like it. Which is what he did on this episode of Saturday Night Live. He literally mentions, I think at several points, that he's reading off of cue cards. And that was not on the cue cards. That was something he just said to piss off the cast and crew. At that point, he didn't care. He put nothing into his performance as the guest on the show because he was just upset that he felt the cast wasn't taking anything seriously. So was this the original SNL cast? Yeah, this was the, I, I want to say 1978. 1976, he was the musical guest with Candace Bergen. October 21st, 1978, he was the host and musical guest. And another thing is, he referred to the skits on the show as skits, but he mentioned later on that no one on Saturday Night Live likes those to be referred to as skits. Everyone referred to them as sketches. Calling them skits felt like it cheapened what they were doing. Lord Michaels is very upset about that. There's a lot of shit that went down with Frank Zappa. A lot of his ideas were shot down when they were actually breaking down the show earlier in the week. They didn't really want to use any of his ideas. They just wanted him to read off the cue cards, basically. He was also I was going to say, with those kind of smart-ass comments, someone at some point said, could you just read what's on the cue cards? No improv. He was like, okay, fuck you. I'm literally going to read that, and then I'm going to look at the camera in the middle of this live production and say, and I'm reading this off a cue card. Yeah. They basically banned Frank Zappa from the show because they felt that he tried to throw the whole show under the bus because he was having a bad time, which is basically what happened. I think to them, honestly, they were probably a little fucked up because Frank Zappa's an out there musical artist and he comes on the show and he's straight edge grandpa. Like, let's just do the show properly. Like, Could you give me my lines so I can go home and memorize them and just yeah. come back on, on Saturday and do the part? I want to fucking do my job. Thank you for that. As far as the, uh, your suggestion, the, Amer- the white buffalo, is that what they fucked? That's something they called Sweaty Teddy back in the day, right? Didn't they call Ted Nugent the white buffalo or some shit? The noble uh-huh. savage? Sweaty God, they called this motherfucker, this piece of shit, the White Buffalo. Maybe. Do you, do you know the White Buffalo? Nope. I'm down what? to check it out, though. What's this Americana shit? A country oh. Americana. What the fuck is Americana? Can we get that, to the bottom of this sometime? Th- maybe that could be, it could be like, what is a genre? What does that mean to us? Like a recurring question. I just want to know what the fuck Americana is because I hear because country, I hear roots rock, folk. The, the only thing I consistent, I, I've listened to that was Americana was Gillian Welch. See that, once again, that goes into this nebulous kind of gray area for me because there's a lot of folk in Gillian Welch. Mm-hmm. Folk and Appalachian and blues and all kinds of weird bluegrass. I don't know where those lines are. It's a weird thing. Like you said, I I have no idea what Americana is. I know the, the term Americana sounds good i don't know who the the white buffalo is i hope it's not ted nugent on the widow's walk so this is one of those 20 minute comment comments that's fine we will listen to on the widow's walk 
Maybe. Buy. No, we'll listen to the first track and be like, oh, well, this ain't for me. And fucking click away. You don't have so, to yeah. buy the album to hear it. Right. We'll, we'll give it a shot. So thank you very much for the comment, Slime Proverbs. We sincerely hope you come back. We'd love to have you back. We have another comment on our Trapo's mailbag number seven. And that is by returning champion in front of the podcast, Max Power. Max Power is everywhere. And we appreciate it. Somebody yeah. comes back. Thanks, Max Power. Max Power writes, Halloween, best time of year for me. Trick-or-treating and wicked costumes, playing pranks in the dark and screwing around with my friends. Coming home with a small mountain of candy and feeling like a million bucks. One Halloween when I was nine, my older sister let me sit with her while she watched Fright Night 2 as long as I gave her a third of my candy. She was 14. She was always too cool and introduced me to a whole bunch of badass stuff back in the day. By the time the movie was over, we'd eaten most of my candy, and I told her I had to see the first movie immediately. And she said we'd have to wait until next week because it was checked out at the video store. And she kept her word because the next weekend we were watching Fright Night and eating pizza. I know she was technically babysitting me, but it never felt that way. She wasn't my babysitter. She was my sister, and she was badass still is as a matter of fact okay i got worried there because it says was (laughs) oh yeah 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 (laughs) i was was like oh Oh, no this is the part where he tells us the tragedy and still is as a matter of fact that comment really took me back i still haven't seen the wnuf halloween special but i've got shutter and i think it's halfway to halloween so i think i'm gonna get on that this weekend all right i hope you did you need to check out an album called the buried storm by a band called dark her d-a-r-k-h-e-r she's got Uh, a new album out god damn i discovered this music by accident last week and I bought it immediately, and I've had it in heavy rotation the whole time. It's so damn cool, and I can't quite put my finger on why. They're not metal, but they're not really anything else either. I don't know exactly how you label their sound, but there's some metal elements, some dark folk stuff, some drone, and I don't even know what else. People throw around the term doom to describe certain kinds of music, and that feels really close here. Doom is what hangs over this whole album like a dark cloud. The lead singer has a beautiful voice that can convey such sadness and ferocity and tenderness, and there's some killer orchestrations here. Where the Devil Waits is definitely the standout for me, but I love this whole album it's kind of astounding i know one of you isn't such a big fan of people throwing around that word and i don't like evil angel either so i get it but for me at least the buried storm is a-s-t-o-u-n-d-i-n-g and if you don't agree that's totally cool just know that you're objectively wrong Uh, (laughs) thank you max power i've never heard of dark her but apparently you have dark her is basically one woman her name is jane maven she released an album in 2016 called Realms. That is astounding. Realms is astounding. That album fucking shook me. She's fantastic. And she doesn't just play most of the instruments herself. She engineers the music. She produces it. She mixes it. This is a passion Trent Reznor project. style. Yeah, this is a passion project for her. And it is doomed. I don't know what else the fuck you call it because it's not metal, but it's got some metal elements in it. It's atmospheric, kind of gothic, doom, gorgeous music. I did not know she had a new album out. The Buried Storm, which I is a cool title. It's been so long since Realms came out. Jane Maven's got a new album out. 
I'm the next power says it's great. I'm so. excited. I'm astounding. F- I, the buried storm by Darker is out. We wow. are checking that shit out tomorrow, Max Power. I am gonna check this shit out. Tomorrow. <laughs> like I'm downloading that right now. Darker Bandcamp. Buried Storm. Oh, there's a deluxe edition. Yeah, okay. Yeah, fuck I'll buy it. Why not? That's good, man. I love Darker. Max yeah, Power. R- Realms was right. 2016, so yeah. yeah, it's been six years. Have you heard Realms Max Power? Because if not, you need to get on that. I, I'm I'm excited. checking that shit out too. You need, you need to listen to realms because i'm down with this doom shit thank you so much for the comment max power thank you you let me know that darker has a new album out you don't like evil angel you're like my best friend now i was gonna say you're you're officially our best friend max i feel like i was ignoring the first part of your comment the halloween thing Did we mentioned halloween in the episode it's probably a comment about a comment about the wnuf halloween special. it is because i'm pretty sure the comment was from poland projects it is a comment about a comment thank you so much for the comment max power we uh, both appreciate it i just bought the bird storm deluxe edition digital so yeah i listen to it tomorrow and uh, our next comment once again for trapo's mailbag number seven from our returning champion no nutritional value no nutritional value says i was introduced to something new by a friend a few weeks ago that i think is pretty cool it's an album i guess that's what you still call it although who really knows these days called The Entombed Wizard by a band or an artist named Umbria. I don't know what the hell this is. I mean, I like it, but I don't know what you call it. It's like some kind of fantasy movie soundtrack, but without the movie. It's really cool, and it feels like it's telling a story, but I'm not sure what the story is. I just got around to listening to it today, and Umbria has other stuff out there that I might listen to soon. Have you heard of Umbria? What do you call this stuff? Fantasy? Is that a musical genre? I know it's a genre of fiction, so does that carry over to music too? Thank you for the comment. Kai, have you heard of Umbria? I have, in fact, never heard of Umbria. I have heard of Umbria. The genre of music is called Dungeon Synth, and the Entombed Wizard from Umbria is, in fact, a Dungeon Synth album. Have you heard of Dungeon Synth, Kai? I have not. I guess we never discussed it before. Dungeon Synth is a whole thing. Dungeons from, like, RPG games. (laughs) So you have no familiarity with Dungeon Synth as a genre? That is not something I'm familiar with, no. Dungeon Synth is kind of under the radar. It's not a big thing. They're inspired by the whole gamut of fantasy. Obviously, you have Tolkien. That's the big influence. But you also have, like, Robert E. Howard. You got a lot of the heroic fantasy. Michael Moorcock. There's literally an artist called Elric who's making music to act as soundtracks to the uh, Elric saga. There are people who are inspired by Ursula K. Le Guin, especially the, her Earthsea series. There's like Dungeons and Dragons, Norse mythology, Greek mythology. I mean, really, whatever the fuck it is you're into, it's not a world, it's like a universe. Every one of these artists creating their own world. I can tell you there's a few artists that I like, that I really like. One of my favorites is uh, uh, Chaucerian Myth. They got several albums out there and a few EPs. Their main work is the Canterbury Tales. Literally, right. it's the Canterbury Tales. It's over Whoa. three hours long. That, that sounds appropriate. The Canterbury Tales, you can't call it an album because it's too big. Each track corresponds to a different uh, chapter of the Canterbury Tales and it builds a story in your head. It's worth the ride. Vin Calder, they have an album called Enchantments of Old Lore. Fantastic stuff. Hedge Wizard's got good stuff. The big one, though, is Arang. He's a French artist. He's like a pioneer. Been working in the genre since 2012. He has a lot of stuff out there. And one of the cool things Arang does, he has two sample packs. Music stems and uh, natural sounds that he offers for free for any artist to use to create their own music with. Dungeon synth or otherwise. And there's a lot 
on these sample packs. You can literally take just the pieces from those sample packs and create your own album. There's that much material there. And he wants you to do it for free. He doesn't ask for anything except if you really use his stuff, credit him. That's it. That's all he asks for. I got these samples from Meringue. That's it. That's all he wants. That's an example of, of how uh, generous the whole Dungeon Synth scene is. It's a universe of people. All of these artists, most of them are one-person bands. They're just one person doing all the work. Making shit. On their yeah, computer, and, probably. And most of them are pretty introverted. Nerds making stuff on their computer. That's, and, that's what it is. Let's be real. And they would all agree to that. I don't think anyone Musically would say, inclined nerds. Nerd. Yeah. They're all nerds. This is just a passion for them. It's something they want to do. That's probably why it's good. If you listen to some of this shit, there is craft here. These people yeah. are pouring their hearts and souls into this work. It's a very inclusive community if you want to be a part of it. There's the Dungeons in the Blood. There's a legendary resource for Dungeons in which I found years ago and has been valuable to me and Bandcamp is the lifeblood of dungeon synth as a genre it has kept the genre alive this is the really cool thing a lot of these artists i mentioned and a lot of the artists you will find if you search for dungeon synth they're all on Bandcamp. a lot of them provide their music for free they have a name your price option which yeah. means you, you can pay zero dollars and get their stuff legit and a lot of them the ones that do charge a lot of them just charge a dollar for an album and a lot of these albums hours of material chaucerian myths canterbury tales over three hours long name your price you want it for free take it for free enjoy it arranging sample packs free make your own dungeon synth thrill the world a good example of a cool subgenre of dungeon synth that's futuristic like science fiction dungeon synth it's called knights of nevril they have an album out called sword of aeon heart it's dungeon synth with a science fiction bent it's fucking solid knights of nevril and there's also dino synth dinosaur themed it's more prehistoric and percussion based it's primordial diplodocus is the biggest name they have an album called slow and heavy there's no lyrics you can hear roars occasionally you can literally hear monsters fighting in it it's great there's another subgenre of dungeon synth i call it cozy synth but i think the official name is comfy synth it's like slipping into a warm blanket. You feel warm and mm-hmm. safe and comfortable. One of the artists is Grandma's Cottage. I've heard some of Grandma's Cottage stuff. You know what? You feel like you're kind of sitting in front of a fireplace sipping hot cocoa. The person who makes Grandma's Cottage same person who does uh, Diplodocus, among other projects. I could go on about Dungeon Synth for a long time. I won't. I've given you some suggestions, ladies and gentlemen. I've given you some suggestions. No nutritional value. Umbria, the Entombed Wizard, is a good place to start. If you feel like you want to continue going down this rabbit hole, you will get lost if you <laughs> if you go down this path. <laughs> the only way is lost. There is so much Dungeon Synth out there. If you go down this path, there are so many winding roads you will lose your way and you know what that's not a bad thing no i I would suggest you go down and listen to some dungeon synth as well i obviously need to become a part of this thank you for the comment no nutritional value and the next comment is from returning champion our friend cj CJ writes, YouTube's insidious algorithm pushed a music video called Return from Theta 2099 on me the other night, so I gave it a shot while I was cleaning out my inbox. I had no idea what the hell this stuff was, but sometimes you have to be adventurous. I guess maybe I was in the right mood for it because I thought it was pretty cool. It's trippy space music sounding like UFOs whizzing around outer space. It reminded me of something out of an old sci-fi movie. I wish I could remember the name of the artist, but 
but I wasn't logged in, so I couldn't review my watch history. I'm pretty sure that's the title, but I can't find it again. I don't remember the name of the band. So maybe I hallucinated the whole thing. <laughs> it's possible. I really wish I'd been paying closer attention at the time, since it seemed to be drawing a blank here. So this comment might be completely worthless. Whatever the hell it was, or wasn't, I thought it sounded cool at the time, though a little simple. I remember liking that Tank Girl movie when I was younger, but I had a real weird dream where I was watching Johnny Mnemonic, the, the Keanu Reeves movie where he was smuggling data with a hard drive in his brain and was being hunted by some Yakuza assassin with a laser whip in his thumb. And Ice-T, who was in both movies, was playing his giant kangaroo man character here and nobody seemed to notice. It was really something. Yeah, we, oh, we're well aware of Johnny Mnemonic. What the hell happened to Lori Petty? She used to be all over the place and recently she's dropped up the face of the earth. I don't know if I've seen her in anything in like 20 years. The world misses you, Lori Petty. Maybe it's just me and the rest of the world's forgotten all about her. Thank you, CJ, for your comments. I've never heard of Return from Theta 2099. I, w- I would say I'll find it, but apparently you can't find it. Uh, maybe I won't find it. I don't know if this is it, but this sounds like it fits the bill to me. It just came out recently. It's called Thetis 2086, I think. And it's from an artist named Carolina Ike. I don't know. It's called Thetis 2086. And there is a song on this album called Return to Thetis 2086. Carolina Ike is a theremin artist. She's literally one of the most talented theremin artists in the world. She's a virtuoso in the actual sense of the term. She is a virtuoso. She has a solo show called Theremin and Voice. You can go to her website and you can actually pay for one-on-one theremin lessons. Thetis 2086 is a concept album. It's about a journey to a planet called Thetis 2086. I think this is what this guy's t- what he's talking about. I've heard this album. That's what this is. I love that the album closes with the Doctor Who theme. She does her own version of the Doctor Who theme. It has nothing to do with the rest of the album. It's like a bonus track, which is just charming as hell. She has a performance video on YouTube for Return to Thetis 2086. I think I figured this out. I think, CJ, I think you would listen to Carolina Ike's Return to Thetis 2086. I think that's it. E-Y-C-K. Carolina Ike. Oh, yeah. Thetis 2086. Mm. There it is. I'm not crazy. I know some shit. Yeah. Return to Thetis 2086. That must have... I bet that's what he was listening to. You fall asleep and you didn't write some shit down. It didn't save your search history. Oh, fuck. I don't know. Well, that makes sense to me. Shit, CJ. I hope that uh, this motherfucker figured out your problem. Really cool stuff. Came out April 14th, 2022. Yeah. Her whole thing is that she wants to share her love of the theremin with the world. Uh, She's got okay. A, all right. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> it's the whole I, thing, I'm, Kai. I'm all in. I mean, I know you're thinking of the theremin as one thing, but she can do a lot with a theremin. Yeah. <laughs> I would yeah, recommend. And, uh, I would recommend it. I know these people who practiced, and it's such a strange thing knowing that it's just like a field of energy around a fucking like magnetic receptor or whatever the fuck it is, but they can move their hands in a cool way, and it makes a noise like this when it's plugged in. Whoa. Wait, that weird stick's making this noise? Yeah, because she's waving her hands. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? It's all because this fucking weird metal rod is plugged into a computer. That's some black magic there, and I love it. Anyways, thank you for your comment, CJ. We have uh, one more comment on the seventh sack of the seventh mail. Our final comment on Trepo's mailbag number seven is from Brain Drain. 
Brain Drain says, didn't that Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd movie come out around the same time as Tank Girl? Maybe it came out a few years earlier. I wasn't too familiar with the Dredd comics until later, but I still remember the movie being terrible. It had Rob Schneider yelling and flailing his arms around through the whole thing as the garbage comic relief sidekick, and that alone was enough to sink the movie. Carl Urban Dredd movie that came out a few years back was much closer to the original stories, and a lot of fun to watch. Too bad it didn't do better in theaters, because it would have been cool to see that turn to a franchise. Carl Urban would come back to that role at a moment's notice. It would be cool to see Dredd fight Judge Death and his crew on the big screen. Or even on Netflix. I'm not picky. Well, thank you for the comment. I don't know, did Judge Dredd and Tank Girl? I think Tank Girl came out a few years later. The Stallone Judge Dredd. I saw that in theaters. I was excited. I had the comic books. The, uh, not the 2000 AD stuff. There were American reprints through Eagle Comics. Because 2000 AD was an anthology comic. There were different stories in each issue. So Judge Dredd was like eight pages, I think. In America, they reprinted Judge Dredd through Eagle Comics. They would like reprint storylines. So you'd have a full 25, 30 page comic in there that had a full Judge Dredd story in there. I bought those one at a time in the back issue bins when I was a kid. I thought it was great reading those comics. So I knew what Judge Dredd was when the Stallone movie came out. Honestly, as a kid, I thought it was good overall. I mean, honestly, I did. Growing up and watching it again as a teenager, then watching it again as like a 20 something. Yeah, I saw all the flaws in it. It is not great. It's not great. I still don't hate it. I don't like that, that Stallone took his helmet off immediately and never put it back on. Yeah. Yeah, that kind of defeats the purpose of Judge Dredd. I, I wasn't bothered by Rob Schneider in the movie as the sidekick. No. Fergie didn't bother me. I feel like he was in their arms flailing, but that was like a very small portion of the movie. I haven't seen it in like 15 years, so I may hate it if I watched it again recently. I think the Stallone Judge Dredd movie gets a lot right in terms of the world building, in terms of Mega City 1. It really does get a lot right. A lot more than people might think because I was surprised it was rated R. The comic books are not R-rated. The 2000 AD stuff is read by kids. So the fact that both versions, both film adaptations of Judge Dredd are rated R, actually genuinely surprising. They didn't have to do that. Although the kind of material lends itself to an R rating. The Stallone movie had a budget to really realize Mega City 1 as a world. The Carl Urban movie didn't because it was shot in South Africa. I think in Johannesburg. Or maybe Cape Town. And it just looks like you filmed it in South Africa. It doesn't look like Mega City Walling. It really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Even the costumes are subdued. You don't have that giant golden eagle on one shoulder. You just have like an impression of an eagle on the leather or whatever. And it's, you know, it's not the same. Carl Urban is Judge Dredd. His portrayal of Judge Dredd is absolutely spot on. He got everything right. If you could have taken the budget and the production design of the Stallone movie and married it with the script and performance of Carl Urban from the new Dredd movie, you would have had the perfect Judge Dredd movie. The mm. best of both worlds. We still have not had a great adaptation of any Judge Dredd story. We have a great Judge Dredd in Carl Urban, but we have not had a great Judge Dredd story yet. Dredd, in and of itself as a movie, solid. As a, as a fan of the comic, as a fan of the characters, there's still something missing. They could get right next time. Carl Urban's an all-timer for that role, really, and if he wants to come back, give him the role. That's all I have to say. Thank you for your comments on Trapo's mailbag numbers seven um i don't know maybe we should skip origins we'll just read the origins bullshit Alrighty, we have a couple more comments for this episode of trapo's mailbag they are on our trapo origins where we talk about unfortunately talk about ourselves unfortunately yes yes our first comment is from 
returning champion John Doe. Maybe you guys weren't so keen on talking about yourselves, but I still think it's kind of nice to know a little more about the hosts of my 73rd favorite podcast with a creepy clown avatar on the internet. 73rd? We're that high? It's sweet. So thanks for the bonus episode. I know you guys keep asking listeners for suggestions for music and stuff. I've suggested some stuff in the past, but what about turning that around? Suggest some music to us. What's some weird, obscure stuff you'd like your listeners to know more about? That could be a pretty cool switcheroo. There's a bizarre album I just heard that I would like to bring to your attention. It's from King Dude and Der <laughs> Blotharsh and the Infinite Church of the Leading Hand. The album is called Black Rider on the Storm, and it's a thing. I think it's pretty fucking cool, but what do you guys think? Tell me about it. King Dude and Der Bluthersh. 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 And the Infinite Church of the Leading Hand. What the fuck? What What are you telling us, John Doe? What's happening here? I don't know what that means, John Doe, but I'm going to check that shit out. Black Rider. Fuck, that sounds badass. Yo, he wants us to suggest music to the listeners. Don't we do that in every episode? It's kind of what we do. Well, I mean, we talk about stuff on purpose, but what what is the thing you listen to? What, what stuff you're listening to right now that you would want to tell somebody about? Is there anything right now? There was that fucking album I told you about the other day. The artist is Samora Pinder Hughes. I think the album's called Grief. Of some weird shit. Like and apparently so there's like a whole art installation that is also involved in this. And this is just the audio aspect oh. of the weird art installation. It's kind of, say it's in the same sleeve as like Crease and Maddie, where it's just like this weird, like, I don't know what the fuck this is, but it is some weird shit. And I kind of like it, but it's kind of just weird noise, but I don't know how I feel about it. That'd be worth checking out some more up Hinder Hughes. I can't, I forgot about that. I usually make notes of that when you send me something to listen to. For some reason, I did not make a note of Sonora Pender Hughes. I did not do it. I screenshotted it. That way I won't fucking forget this time. It's okay. You got anything weird you found recently? Well, one of them's recent. There's one thing I would like to bring to people's attention, because I don't think anybody talks about it. Have you heard of anaphylaxis, Kai? Sounds vaguely familiar, but... Anaphylaxis is a project by a man named John Kaufman. That's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. He founded it in 1993, and he did it for 25 years. Basically, what John Kaufman did, a real DIY artist, he started working on audio tape, manipulating cassettes, sampling shit. Literally just some shit in his backyard on the weekends because it was bored. His whole thing is that he creates new stuff out of heavily processing samples. Anything. Shortwave radio broadcasts, field recordings movie clips stuff like that he never tried to be commercial what he did for a quarter century was just making some of the most impenetrable bizarre music you've ever heard it's all done with complete passion the guy followed whatever whims that he had in his head and he just made amazing weird sometimes very almost impenetrable music if you can call it that his stuff is great i've listened to anaphylaxis for years on and off there's a lot of good stuff in his catalog my favorite is called noise for lovers noise for lovers is i think his best work this is another cool thing if you go to anaphylaxis Bandcamp, his entire catalog is on there and it's all free it's all name your price the man is not yeah. trying to make money on his music he stopped making music as anaphylaxis in 2018 he still makes music occasionally doing different things but it's very sporadic it's all there on anaphylaxis Bandcamp. just look that up anybody if you're interested look up his work noise for lovers is my favorite but he's got like snow country shell beach stuff like that it's great i think noise for lovers is fucking phenomenal something that's brand new that i listened to literally yesterday and it blew my fucking ass off oneness 
O-N-E-N-E-S-S by Agnes. A-G-N-I-S. I love it. I don't know what the fuck it is. I never heard of this woman before yesterday. She's an artist from Poland, and she calls her music witch pop. <laughs> Dark wave kind of electro shit with bizarre. And she's a real witch. She's a Wiccan. She's an actual Wiccan. Like the bringer of fire. She's trying to bring light to the world. I mean, she's one of those, she's, I don't know, you can call her a weirdo if you want. Her whole thing is that she wants to use her music to encourage the listeners to look inward and start their own kind of spiritual journey. Right. I think some of her inspirations, I think she said like Depeche Mode, Nine Inch Nails, Lana Del Rey, stuff like that. You know, that's all up my alley. I listened to Oneness yesterday. I kind of fell in love with it, so I listened to it again. Kind of fell in love with it a little more. Oneness from Agnes, A-G-N-I-S. But it's out there. It's on Bandcamp. I bought it. Yeah, you you want a musical suggestion? Listen to Oneness by Agnes, the Polish pop witch. So that, that's it. That's what I got. That's my recommendation. Anaphylaxis, absolute fucking bug nuts, crazy music. You got Agnes, kind of changed the world with her positivity in a world of darkness. Found that King Dude album on Amazon Music. And the Lizard and, Man or whatever the fuck. And the called. Infinite Church of the Leading Hand. Infinite Church of the, that's the Infinite Church of the Leading Hand. Black Rider of the Storm. Jesus Christ. Well, thank you so much for the comment john doe thank you so much for that comment we just uh suggested some music for you to listen to motherfuckers so get on that and tell us about it okay how about that you tell us about the music we suggested to you our next comment is from a returning champion aqua slash I, I looked it up. You know what? There's a movie called Aqua Slash that's about like people go down the water slide. There's like blades in the water slide. They get chopped to bits and they slide down. <laughs> this is real. I think it came out like last year. It's a real movie. It's like from Canada. Wow. Aqua Slash. Aqua Slash says, I used to be a secret night owl when I was a kid. The bedrooms were upstairs and the living room with the big TV and the VCR was downstairs. So if I could sneak down the stairs without waking anybody up on the squeaky steps, I had those squeaky spots memorized before kindergarten. I was home free. I would just pass out on the couch watching Cinemax and my dad would wake me up. And as soon as I saw his pissed off face, I knew I was screwed. But that only happened once or twice because I was too good. There was just something about sneaking around and watching one of Shannon Tweed's many, many erotic thrillers in the middle of the night that made the possibility of getting grounded for a week a worthwhile risk. My go-to videotape was always Aliens. It didn't matter if it was after midnight because I was always wide awake when I watched that movie. It was just the coolest damn thing to a 10-year-old kid. Heavy Metal was another one when I could catch it on TV. What is it about cartoon boobs that's so amazing to a kid? It's cooler than live-action boobs that's for sure. Are you sure you couldn't rent that movie? I know I rented it on VHS when I was a little older. Hell, it's out on 4K Blu-ray right now, and you can buy it on Amazon and have it shipped to your door in one day. Maybe we don't think about it very often because there's so much bad news, but when you really take a moment and consider everything, this is kind of a marvelous age we're living in. I could use my phone to buy the booby cartoon that I loved when I was a kid in a crystal clear video format with kick-ass surround sound that quadraphonic nerds back in the day could only dream about. Have it arrive at my house the next day and get blown the fuck away when I watch it on my TV that's nearly as big as a twin-size bed with sound blasting through speakers that rattles my fillings. And I can do all of this while drinking delicious craft beer and specialty nachos I picked up from a microbrewery that's located literally just down the street. Truly an age of miracles. Maybe the world's going to be a reeking ball of smoldering shit in 20 years, but at least I can unwind like some science fiction tyrant on Friday night. 
that's what he said. That's what Aqua Slash had to say. <laughs> really, you're just going down to the brewery and having a beverage. Grab, hey. Grabbing some nachos on your way home. Thank you so much for the comment, Aqua Slash. The siren song of Shannon Tweed yeah. got me all we, hot and bothered a few times. When I was we went there. Aliens was a good watch as a kid. That's a good watch. Definitely keeps you suspenseful the whole time. Well, here's the thing, Aqua Slash. Heavy Metal was unavailable on video in any format for years because of rights issues, because of the music. The soundtrack had a lot of artists on it that just, for whatever reason, they didn't sign off for a home video release. It was actually released for the first time on home video in 1996 on VHS. I bought the VHS in 1996. That may be the VHS. When did it originally come out? Ten Uh, years before that? 81. It was released in 1981. A mainstay on HBO for a long long time it was not legitimately released on home video until 1996 i know this because i bought it when it came out i was excited i knew it was coming and i bought it new but if aqua slash was a little younger than us then when they were going to video stores at the end of video stores it may have actually been there so right. that makes that makes sense that maybe they were are you sure but well yeah, he, yeah it, was, it was there at some point yeah he was probably but, a few years younger than us but, so. but not uh in you know 82 after it finished its right. theatrical run i have the four disc i watched it this week i gotta tell you considering the age of the movie the quality of the animation i couldn't believe how good it looked this was no bullshit restoration whoever actually spearheaded the 4k master of this they did a fantastic job because it looks gorgeous so thank you very much for the comment aqua slash we do live in an age of miracles. Indeed. We are all doomed, but we live in an age of miracles. Our final comment tonight is from returning champion CJ. Friend of the show, CJ, writes, This episode wasn't great, you're right, but I guess I learned something, so that's fine. I guess I've never seen heavy metal, but I watch a lot of anime, so I feel like I'm not missing much. I'll probably give it a shot eventually, but being an adult who's seen plenty of animated sex and violence, I wonder if it will even have anything to offer beyond a novelty factor. I've seen some older classic movies like The Godfather and The Adventures of Robin Hood, and I still really like those. But does heavy metal provide any more than the cheap thrill of seeing naughty stuff? in animation. CJ, if you're into fantasy things and fucking people riding on dragons and swords and sorcery, then it absolutely has way more to offer than than boobs. Yeah. In fact, I would switch it around and say the animated boobs is more. That is actually the novelty in the movie, whereas the actual story and the interesting animation style and the weird shit that happens is the interesting part. So it absolutely is worth your time, CJ, even now. Like you said, growing up now, having seen all these things online, that part won't be shocking, but the story, I think, would still be worth you watching, for sure. Yeah, you literally just mentioned you watched it, like, a week ago, a couple days ago. The stories run the gamut. You have pure science fiction, science fiction noir, pure fantasy with Tarna and with Den. The best sequence is the uh, the B-52 sequence with the, the zombies and the crashed plane. Oh yeah. my god, that animation is still great. It is yeah. so haunting and so creepy. I'm not just saying this because of nostalgia. I mean, look, nostalgia is a big part of it because I watched Heavy Metal for the first time when I was like seven years old. It's not just nostalgia. This movie is good. It's good animation. It's solid entertainment. It has a lot to offer beyond just titties and blood. There's more. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for the comment, CJ. I would implore you to give Heavy Metal a shot at some point in the future. I think you'll enjoy it. That is uh, the final comment for the evening. The mailbag, Trapo's mailbag, is empty. It's flaccid. It's limp like my grandfather's dick. It's because he's been dead for 30 years. His dick is dust. That's kind of the funny part about being a man that... 
important parts. They're the parts that definitely disappear. That goes first. Even in mummification, I imagine, rolls up into a tiny little fucking thumb cap. The suggestion of a penis. That's all there is. Even if he was well endowed, it's got to be like a micro penis. But yeah, it's a real yeah, like a shark's cartilaginous fins. Those claspers <laughs> go away when the shark dies, man. They're yeah. gone. That was the uh, that is the end of Trapless Mailbag, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about shark dicks. Much like the sh- much like the shark's claspers when it rots at the bottom of the sea. Trapless Mailbag has gone flaccid and is now only in memory. But if you would like to join the conversation, ladies and jelly spoons. It's very simple. All you have to do is point your browser to trapposhow.blogspot.com. Find the post of your choosing. Leave a comment. Tell us we're fools. I don't care. Tell us things. We don't care. Your feedback may be featured on a future installment of Trapos Mailbag, the show that literally no one listens to. Except for maybe maybe Max Power at this point because he wants uh, us to... He's going to listen to Agnes. CJ, Pullman Projects, they're around. People are listening to our shit. Not a lot of people, but they're listening to... <laughs> They're, and they're 30 good. or 40 of them. And they're, they're good pretty, people. And they seem like decent folk. We also got an email at Kai. Why don't you tell these sad pricks about the email address that they will never acknowledge? All right. You know what? I'm, I'm going to try something here. Don't email us. We don't have an email. And it is not trapo, T-R-A-P-P-O, show, S-H-O-W-O, at gmail.com. It's not that. Don't email us ever. So I've been telling people to send emails to an email address that doesn't exist? E- exactly. No, it's uh, reverse psychology, bro. I fucked up. I get into fucked it. Get into it. <laughs> get into it. <laughs> it's reverse psychology, bro. Get into it. You know what you need to get is the fuck off the internet. That's it's true. What you need to get because get chapels over, motherfuckers. It's done. Good take night. your pants off and take a shit. I don't care. <laughs> We're done. Take your pants off. Yeah, you get, look, if you don't take your pants off, it's going to be a big mess. Your mom's going to be pissed. <laughs> How am I going to clean these trousers? What have you done to your fucking pantaloons? <laughs> get the fuck off the pantaloons. <laughs> show that talks about stuff on purpose is a Fenderman Incorporated production.